Monte Cristo in Nashville, it's Brianna and Marcus, and this is Smoking Section. Here we are with part two with the badass, the incomparable Megan Patrick. Oh, thank you. This this uh, <laughs> this uh, this is an episode. This was just too good for one part. This is too good for one hour. <laughs> this is just this is just this conversation has just gotten way too damn good. <laughs> it really was. And we have questions that we like line up of things we yeah. don't know. And then we just Let's got completely off topic and in the best possible way. In the way, best possible way. Things that are so important. And thank you for like being a voice for, for all of these things. If you haven't listened, go check out the uh, part one of this episode. Yes. Absolutely yes. Uh, incredible. We touch on some really deep things. And that's what we want to do with this podcast. We don't want it to just yes. be like, oh, tell us about your life and your singles and your career. It's like, no, we yeah. want to get to the nitty gritty, the real shit. So because everyone is dealing with shit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Everyone is. But also, we know that you have fans that are going to be listening to this who want to know, like, the fun questions and all of that. Yeah. So, we have kind of some more, like, in-depth questions about just who Megan Patrick is that we want to get into now. Megan, what year did you move to Nashville? Uh, let's see. I think it was 2017. I've, I've been here three years in April, so. You've only been in Nashville three years? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, full time. Full time. I mean, because you were traveling back and forth. Yeah, I mean, before that, for like probably at least two to three years before that, I was here really like probably almost once a month or like every other month. Like I would come here to write. So I mean, that was kind of part of me moving here. I mean, it was sort of always the plan to move here, and I actually had planned to move here earlier, but then I signed my record deal with Warner Canada. And so it kind of made sense for me to stay in Canada and like build something there and really focus on that. And, but then it got to a point where it was like, if I wasn't on the road playing, then I was in Nashville writing. And so I was like never home. And when I would go home, it was like, I don't know, it felt, it felt kind of like I was trying to switch gears and like be a different person, you know, like there was like Megan that grew up in Bowmanville and like, I would go back there and, you know, none of my friends that I grew up with, like they weren't in music. So we just had very different lives and, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying, you know, like one way or the other one's better than the other or anything. They're just different. And it was, I was finding it hard, you know, to come off the road and I'd want to talk about music and being on the road and like all these things. And my friends, there, like, they were soaked for me and happy for me, but they just, they just didn't, understand that world they didn't get it you know and and so I felt like I was almost trying to be two different people and like shifting gears all the time and it was like and I also felt like when I would go home because I was so removed from the the music scene and other musicians like I just felt really unfocused like I didn't you know it was like I would go there and then go back to like my you know everyday life there and I just didn't feel like I was on top of things. I didn't feel like I was focused. And so I finally, you know, made the decision that I was going to move down here. And, you know, my, so my mother is American and my dad is Canadian. So I have dual citizenship. So, I mean, it was easy. I didn't have to, I didn't have to get a visa or anything, which was huge, huge help for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I remember I was on tour with, uh, Tom Cochran and I, I made the decision while I was on the road. And I told my buddy Ollie, who's in my band, um, I was like, dude, um, I think I'm going to move to Nashville when we get back. And he was like, okay. He's like, well, I'll drive with you. So, I mean, I, I literally, I came off the road, went home, packed all my shit. Like 12 hours later, I got in my truck with a, you know, U-Haul trailer and Ollie and I drove all the way down to, to Nashville that day. 
And uh, was this funny? Because I think maybe did you did you do an interview with Lainey Wilson yet? Not yet. We're working on. Not it. yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so Lainey and uh, Casey Tyndall were my two first friends in Nashville. Literally the first night. So Ollie and I get into Nashville. We've been on the road for like 13, 14 hours. And I was like, dude, let's just lock up a trailer and go get a beer. Like, I, I just, I, we need to chill, you know? And so we kind of looked around to see what was going on. And there was like a show or something happening at Basement East. So I was like, let's go check that out. So we go there and I'm standing in line and I hear behind me, Megan Patrick. And I'm like, who knows me here? And she, I turn around. So Casey and I had like followed each other on social media. Like we didn't know each other. We just like, I was like, she seems cool. And she was like, she seems cool. The typical you know? Nashville move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and she was like, you know, we just both were into like deer hunting and stuff. So she's like, well, she's like, it's me, Casey Tindall from North Carolina. Like, I know we don't know each other, but we follow each other on social media. And like, you're like a badass. And like, you like deer hunting. And like, there ain't no like real ass country girls in this town. Like just me and Lainey. So you need to come be friends with us. You need to come out of the house. We're going to grill out, you know, this whole thing. It. And her like cute little accent. My friends always laugh like Casey, Ka- Casey and Lainey crack up when I do my impression of Casey. They're like, that is exactly what she sounds like. I was going to say, that is exactly what Casey sounds like. <laughs> yeah. It is exactly so, how she talks. And you know, if it was like one of those things where I was like, it was like God said, here you go. Here yeah. are your friends. Here Sounds are your people. people yeah. I'm going to make it easy for you on the first night. Here's who it's you need amazing. to hang out with. And I think about that all the time. Like I moved here and I think about all the different you know, crowds of people I, I could have fell in with. And yes, some are not, a, some are not, wouldn't have been great for me, you know, but these two girls there, you know, I couldn't have handpicked two better friends to meet. Love I mean, they're, they're amazing, talented, badass, good hearted people who just like welcomed me in like, mm-hmm. you know, like their long lost sister. And, you know, we just became so close. It was like, we Love just, that. we knew each other right away. And, and I had never had like really like a female support system like that. Not or at, at least not with women that were in this industry, right? you know, and, and truthfully, this industry is hard on female relationships because just the way it's been set up, it's yeah. like there, it's it's like set up to for, to pit us against each other. It's set well, up absolutely. to make us, it's set up to make us feel like we have to be competitive against each other. It's set up to make us feel like there's only there's not room for all of us, and that's just yeah. not true. If it's you are good all. and you are talented and you have hit songs and you work hard there's room for you. And, you know, we all support each other and we look at it like when you win, I win. You know, we always joke and say like, we, we can't wait for the day that we're sitting there at some award show where we're nominated in the same category against each other. Because we know, I know that with all confidence, I could sit there and watch Lainey accept an award that I was nominated for. And I will stand my ass up and I will clap yeah. because I will be proud of her because I'll know she earned it. And I'll know how hard she's worked for it. And I know she would feel the same way about me. You know, we celebrate each other and we inspire each other. We send each other songs. We write songs together and we support each other and we lift each other up because shit, it's hard enough, you know, and I, I just, I'm so grateful to have, to have that, you know, I, and I have great male friends as well too, but I think you can agree as a woman, there is something so special and so different about having real female friends that are not, they're not jealous. It's not competitive. It's not that petty bullshit. It's just love and inspiration. And that is just, I mean, you can't put a price on that. You really can't. You really can't. And I love that you were able to find that. So like your move to Nashville, since you'd already been traveling back and forth for a little while, was it a fairly easy move then for you? Or did you kind of have some difficulty with the adjustment Um, period of like living in the States? 
you know what? I, th- I feel like the first like six months were the hardest. I think, mm-hmm. um, I was also coming off of like a breakup back home. I, I had been dating a guy back home, like right before I moved and we had broken up right before I went on this tour. And, um, and he was a really great guy. I mean, I, I can't say a single bad word about him. Just a really, really awesome guy. He treated me well. He was, he was great. And you know what? In another life, if I wasn't a musician and I was, you know, going to be staying in Bowmanville and I had a nine to five and all that, it, it, you know, it would have been great, but it just wasn't the case. He just, we just had, we had different paths and, you know, and it was, and it was hard because probably it was one of the first times I've ever broken up with a guy that wasn't an asshole. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? It like, it's like, ones. yeah, it's like, it's like you know, when you, when you break up with a guy, cause he's a dick, it's like, I'm breaking up yeah. with you cause you're a dick, you yeah. know? And it's like, and you treat me like shit. It's like, and yeah. that wasn't the case with him. It just, it just wasn't right. And, yeah. um, so that was, that was hard. So I was, you know, I was still kind of getting over that and, you know, I was trying to find my way and like, Nashville can be very clicky and like sort very of you, so. you kind of have you really have to like earn your way into these circles and you have to yeah. earn your way into these opportunities and it just takes time and it's just being a good hang and being around and also it means going out and like drinking and partying a lot which that shit yeah. can be hard on your liver you know it's so but that's how to your that's home. how you meet people I mean that's how you yeah. meet people that's how you get rights I mean I that's how I, I got my rights there you go Marcus As- is taking a shot <laughs> I'm still recovering from yesterday so this shit, is same water <laughs> yeah um but yeah I think like well, I'll say this. I, I do remember the first weekend. So like I said, my buddy, Ollie, um, he had, dro- he drove down with me and one of my other friends from Canada was also in town writing for like a few days. Yeah. So the first few days that I was there, I think it was almost the first week I was there. They were there. So I was like, good. I was setting stuff up and I had my friends there and, uh, and then they all left. And that first weekend I was there by myself, it was Easter. And so, and my, my roommate, you know, she had gone home to see her family. So I was like alone in this house, like truly alone for the first time. And I was like sitting there and I had a little bit of a breakdown. I remember calling my dad and being like, dad, I made a mistake. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And like, you know, and my dad just said, he's sitting there and he said, listen, he's like, you're fine. He said, look, I'm by myself. He's like, I got my glass of whiskey. I'm listening to some records. You know, he's like, you're going to be fine. He's like, listen, you go out to the grocery store, you get yourself a nice steak and some, some good whiskey, some good wine. I, they got me a, a grill as a housewarming gift. And they oh. said, you go ahead, grill yourself a steak, you know, chill out. Everything's going to be fine. You can call me. And so I was like, all right, okay. So, you know, I get up, I go out to the Kroger, get all the stuff and I get this bottle of wine and it was a Sunday. And I remember getting, and I'm, I'm checking everything out. And the guy in the, the oh. cash register, he was like real sassy. He goes, uh, you can't buy this. And I said, <laughs> I said, no, sir. Like, I know I, I look young, but like, I'm, I'm literally like 30 years old. Like I'm, I'm of age. And he goes, he goes, I don't care how old you are. You can't buy this on Sunday. And I was oh, like, yep. like, you mean like just here at this particular store or like everywhere? No, like what? General. And I'm looking yeah. at him like, I'm like, sir, I am on the verge of a breakdown. I need this. Like, <laughs> don't gets hurt you know like <laughs> oh god so I like it so I go home without the wine and I'm like calling I'm like dad you can't even buy booze on Sundays here like what am I gonna do and uh so yeah that was that was a bit of a moment for me but you know then I I started going and I took up Casey and Laney on their offer to like hang out go to their house and so you know we just became friends and then and they introduced me to other songwriters you know Laney was the one who got me to play my first round ever in Nashville which was Revival so 
her and Rob oh, Snyder, yeah. you know, that was Amazing. my first round yeah. that I'd never played like a, a writer's round before. Yeah. And so that became, you know, revival became like a second home for me. I would, I, every awesome. Tuesday I was there. That's how I met all these great songwriters and all these great friends. And then it was like, and it didn't take long, you know, within a few months of that, it was like, it was home and I loved it there. Awesome. And now, I mean, it's certainly home now. Now I've, you know, that I met Mitchell you know, he's, yeah. he is my person. He is my soulmate. We've bought this house together. I've made a life here yeah. and uh, it's yeah, awesome. Tell us about Mitchell and your guys' relationship. <laughs> How'd you meet? <laughs> so, uh, we met at Losers. Um, uh, the infamous so Losers. <laughs> shocker, <laughs> shocker. So Nashville. Nashville story. Yeah. So I, it's funny because, um, my friend Haley, she had called me up this, it was in the fall. And so I was actually, I was hunting. I was in a, I was in a tree stand and she, she texts me and she's like, Hey, do you want to go to losers tonight? And I was like, I don't know, man. Like I'm in the stand right now. I've got like face paint and everything. And I was like, I, I'm just like, I'm in all my camo. Like I don't really feel like getting cute and like going out. And she's like, look, she's like, I'm going to meet this guy. I don't know if it's going to like be weird or not. Can you please just like wingman for me? Like just show up with me. So I don't have to show up alone. Like if it's weird, we both leave. If it's cool, you can, you can bounce. And I was like, all right, fine. I said, but I'm not getting cute. Like I'm literally going in there in my camo. <laughs> and so I walk in there, you know, with my camo hat, my jacket and everything. And I'm no, no makeup hair up. And like, I put a dip in and I'm just like, don't want to be here, you know? And yeah. Mitchell, I guess saw me, I saw Dallas Wilson and Dallas and Mitchell are yeah. friends went over to say hey to Dallas and he's like introducing us and Mitchell I guess was like who's that girl in the camo dipping like who's that girl I've never seen her before Dallas was like oh you gotta meet Megan and so so we met and we started talking a little bit and I mean I also was just in a place where I was like not interested in guys like I didn't want to date anybody yeah. I was like I came here to focus on work I don't need to be yeah. wasting my time on all these yeah. singer songwriters are all the same you know whatever yep. and so I kind of I kind of like blew him off and the next and then I, I ran into him again also at losers I was at losers pretty frequently back then and uh, I think that's where we came, met by the way yes it is, it is. <laughs> and um so he came up to me and he goes, he might kill me for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. He comes up to me, he goes, Hey, Miss uh, Female Artist of the Year. And I looked at him, he goes, Oh, yeah, I creeped your Instagram. He goes, I was hard as a kneecap. I said, What? <laughs> And I was like, I was, but I didn't know him or like his sense of humor. So I was like, I can't tell if this is like creepy or funny or like <laughs> what is going on. So I was kind of like, okay, Whoa. like, cool, man. Like, all right. Like, we'll see you later. You know, <laughs> like it's kind of oh blew him off gosh. again. So then fast forward just after Christmas, it was early January. And my buddy, Jared Mullins, who's a songwriter, he texts me. He's like, Hey, come out to rebar. We're playing darts. And so I was like, so I went out there and he was playing darts with Jordan Schmidt, who is Mitchell's mm -hmm. producer, also amazing songwriter. And uh, so I guess Jordan sees me he, and he's texting Mitchell. He's like, bro, like, remember that the, the camel girl, the dipping girl, that Megan girl, like she's here, like you should come hang, like she's hanging out here. And, <laughs> and they're all trying to like butter me up. They're like, oh yeah, Mitchell's coming. I was like, yeah, whatever. Like I'm not into Mitchell, you Don't know? <laughs> and uh, so he showed up and it was funny. I think like he realized that like his little his little lines, you know, weren't going to work on a girl like me. And so he just yeah. kind of started just being real with me. And I was like, this guy is funny and smart. And like, yeah. before I know it, I'm like, shit, I kind of like him, you know? So we hang out that night. 
night. And then like the next day he, he texts me, I was leaving the day after that to go on tour for like a month in Canada. So that was the other reason why I was like, I'm not trying to get involved with somebody. Like mm-hmm. I'm about to be gone. And he texts me, he's like, I know you're getting ready to leave, but like, I'd really love to hang out again. Like we're going to watch the football game at the house. Like you should come by. So I did. And, uh, after that night I left the next morning and he's texting me. He's like, you know, I really like you. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Like I'll give you a week. You'll stop texting me. Yeah. I'll be on the road and then I'll be yeah. like all bummed out, you know? Well, he did. He texted me every day and we talk on the phone every day and about three quarters of the way through the tour. He, uh, he texts me, he's we're on the phone. He's like, so, um, yeah, I kind of want to like lock this down. So do you want to date? <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, oh, like, okay, sure. So we, we get off the, we get off the phone and I go into the, I'm like on the bus with my band. And they're like, so what's new with Mitchell? And I told him, I'm like, he wants to date. And they're like, did you say yes? And I said, yeah, but like, I don't really know what that means anymore. Like, <laughs> like, is, are we like dating, dating? Or are we like, what is that? Like, you know, yeah. they're like, well, you have to clarify. So I'm like, well, this could be weird. So I get, get a little, you know, liquid courage into me, have a few whiskeys yep. and I call him. I'm like, so like, just to clarify, like, what did you mean by date? And he goes, I mean, like, I don't want to be with anybody else. Like I'm committing to you while you're in cold ass Canada. And I said, okay. I was like, all right, cool. So we get off the phone and I get a text like half an hour later. He's like, so just to be clear, like I could tell people you're my girlfriend, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was That's like, amazing. I know, and I was like, also, yeah. Was like, still, that was not very clear. Right. Like, like but that's okay. the that's the time we live in. It's like nobody knows no what one it knows is what anymore. Yeah. I know. Like, what is the terminology? You know. So, well, see, but, like, so I was I like, yes. Dating, I consider dating like going on dates. Like, right. That might not I mean exclusive. Me. Exactly. Right. Exclusive. It's like, hey, if you ask yeah. me to be your girlfriend, that means. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Me. I'm old fashioned. I, I, I don't yeah. ask Kimmy Dan. I'm like, and he is too. will you be my girlfriend? Be my yes. girlfriend? That's, that's, yes. the, that's the, that's, that's so the question funny. for me. I love yeah, that he absolutely. texted it too. After yes. Like, just to make sure. <laughs> so like, just to be sure. <laughs> now I want to clarify. Like, exactly. And I'm like sitting here and it was so funny. I like said that and I was like, yeah. And then he FaceTimed me like super drunk after that. And he's like with some friends. He's like, hey guys, this is my girlfriend, Megan. Look how hot she is. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, oh my so, God. So then yeah, how long so, have you guys been together now? Uh, so it was two years in January. Okay. Yeah. We don't That's really cool. know the exact date, like, because of the whole, like, <laughs> I was gone. Yeah. yeah. So we just kind of, like, picked a random date um, that was, like, close to that time. And so, yeah, then it was this whole thing. I'm like, okay, but, like, what if I go home and, like, we see each other in person and, like, it's weird. Because, like, we'd only hung yeah. out, like, twice in person before I went on oh, this that's tour. So that's a bold, and that's a bold right? statement. I know. There. But you know what? For yeah. me, though, at the time... That was what I needed with some guy who was like, I don't give a shit where you are. Like, yeah, this is it. I and I want to be with you. I want you. You're you're it for me, you know? So then I come home and it's CRS. So, like, we both are running around doing a million things, you know, all this stuff. And, I'll, and I remember he was like, hey, if you've got, like, a break here, like, I'm up in the suite with my label and, like, I want to introduce you to some people. And so, like, I go up there and it's this room full of, like, his label, his friends, like, songwriters, like, all these industry people. And it was like, I walk in and he, like, beelines for me takes my hand he's like hey everybody this is my girlfriend Megan and she's a badass she does this and I was like whoa he's just like putting it out there to everybody and I was like damn like this guy isn't messing around 
so after that, I was like, okay, we're really, really doing this. Like, this is it. And then, you know, and then it was hard because we were both gone so much. I mean, he had just signed his record deal. Like he hadn't, when I first met him, he hadn't even signed his record deal yet. Wow. I, I didn't even know that he was signing a record deal. Like he didn't even tell me until he did it. He was like, by the way, like I signed a fucking major record deal yeah. today, you yeah. know, that's, but that's who he was. Cause it wasn't yeah. like, he's just very humble and you know, it wasn't about that. And so we had to go through all these first, like good first and really hard first together. We also both got our first number one, uh, a week apart, him in America oh, and man. me in Canada. <laughs> and I remember yeah. I actually had the weekend, the day, like the day that he was like going number one, officially, he was playing a show that night in Georgia. And so me and my friend Renee Blair drove down through a freaking hurricane to get there and surprise him, like walked right up to the front row. And I stood there and I'm honestly took him like three songs to realize that I was standing there. And finally, (laughs) finally, finally his guitar player like saw me. I was like, Oh shit. And he like goes, he's like, Mitchell, like Megan's here. He's like, Oh, like my girlfriend's here. And so we like celebrated his number one. It was awesome. And then the next weekend he was playing in Georgia again in a different venue. And so I went with him because that was the weekend I would maybe or maybe not go number one. And, you know, he was like checking media base and like, okay, your up spins. Like it was me and Thomas Rhett. I remember that we're like battling for this number one spot. No big deal. Right. You he's, beat he's Thomas like, Rhett. Not, you beat Thomas I beat Rhett. Thomas Rhett. Thomas. Yeah. And yes. so we're like, he was like getting ready to go on stage and it was like, you know, a couple hours before the charts were going to close or whatever. And he's like, all right, you're up. He's like, gets off stage. He's like, well, like, did you get it? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm too stressed. I can't look. I can't look. And he's like, all right, I'm going to look. And he pulls up his phone and he looks at it and he goes, ah, shit, babe, I'm, I'm so sorry. And he looks at me like kind of sad and like my heart just dropped. And he goes, turns his phone to me. He's like, I'm sorry. Is that, is that a, one? Is that you at number one? Did you just get number one? And I just like screamed and I'm bawling my eyes out. And he's like, he's hugging me and he's just like, I'm so proud of you. And he's like, let's get shots going. And like, needless to say, that was like the drunkest month of our lives. You know, it was honestly, it was such a cool thing for us to get to experience together as a couple, as artists, like to have, I mean, that's just a once in a lifetime thing, you know, and and it was just so cool that we got to be with each other for those moments and celebrate that because we both watched each other work our asses you know bust our asses to get there and to be able to share that together was honestly like one of the coolest moments of our relationship that's just incredible man i love that so so um fast forward a little bit to um you getting your publishing deal did you get your publishing deal first and yes you signing okay gotcha yeah yeah so so i had signed Yeah. So I had signed my publishing deal before, before I moved here, like right around, I had signed my publishing deal. Actually, I think it was right before I signed my deal with Warner or like around the same time. Yeah. Um, so I had signed with Anthem. Well, back then they were called Olay, but Mm -hmm. now, now called Anthem. Um, and that's, that's still where I'm at with my publishing. So they, yeah, the publishing came first, I think slightly before my record deal. Why'd you pick them? I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure with your writing, you've had options. So why did you why did you pick them? Even um, I know that they're big in Canada. I know it was kind of just connections. Yeah, I mean they were really big in Canada, and it was tr- kind of just like connections mm-hmm. um, through like my management at the time and and the label, and they just they loved me and they seemed excited about me, and you know that's that's what you look for is just a team that's going to be excited about you and Major believe in champions. you. So. 
yeah, so that's where I went. I mean, and there's been a lot of changeover over the last few years, you know, with my team and everything there. But I have to say, like, the people that I have there right now are phenomenal. And they have stepped up big time in the last year for me, you know, with the rights that they're getting me and the way that they've been supporting me. And they've, they've really been awesome. Cause there's been a lot of stuff like inner stuff going on with the business itself and with the, the publishing company itself that, you know, has been hard on, on some of the, the employees there. And there's just been a lot of stuff moving around. So, um, you know, I just appreciate them still taking care of me and, and making me a priority there. They've been really awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. So is uh, so. Here's my question. I, I know I I know a couple of Canadian artists, um, and they all seem to be signed to Warner. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is Warner Music the Warner Music Canada? Is that the only record label in Canada? Uh, no. <laughs> um, no. I mean, like there's there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of artists on like Universal and Sony as mm-hmm. well. And then there's there's some also some like smaller indie labels, and then there's like MDM and stuff. So yeah, there are other labels um i mean i guess the ones that i mean you would know like what like brett kissel and like yeah Washington union guys yeah. and then and then yeah. the high, high valley i definitely is signed high valley, yeah, yeah signed and then yeah. i know aaron goodwin is signed on that label yes and wow. aaron goodwin yes yeah yeah so it's like every every person that i've i've ever heard of <laughs> they're all warner music can i'm like it's a great label i'm like yeah, i was gonna say best I'm, like, is, I'm like it seems like it seems like to me they're doing their damn job it's like they're doing their damn job so i see why i see why you picked them um and things like that so my question to you is how was your transitioning i'm I'm gonna rewind you fast forward i'm gonna rewind okay um how was your transition from being in a jazz band being to being in a blue a bluegrass traditional country band the Stone mm-hmm. Sparrows, uh, to just being Megan Patrick, to being yourself. Because I'm sure there had to have been some time, like throughout that time, you, you, I wouldn't say identity crisis, but you had to figure out on your own yeah. who you were yeah. as an artist and who you were. Yeah. Just because you're still at that point, you were still, you know, you're, you're growing as a woman, so right. you had to figure out who you were. Like I said, yeah. if you look at her, you're not going to think opera, and you. <laughs> no. <laughs> No. You're you're not going to think opera at all, like seriously. Yeah. So it's but I like you have to point out the fact that you can do all of those things. Yeah, goes to show the amount of talent that you have because you know some oh, people thank you. can only sing one thing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So the fact that you can be that malleable with your voice, impressive. Well, I think I think in some ways it's kind of like a blessing and a curse because, um, you know, I think part of it was that I just I've just loved so many genres of music like my whole life that I think it was like I kind of had to like try them all out I guess to figure out what felt excuse me what felt the most like me and I think what um you know like with the the funk band for example you know that that fulfilled certain parts of me and I've always loved that music like Tower Power you know that was kind of like our our vibe and you know and and even like you know like Tedeschi Trucks band you know that kind of like all that stuff I mean I grew up with I you know Yes. And I, and I grew up with a lot of that stuff too. And, you know, and I loved it and, and it was great. And that was, that was just kind of like a phase for me, um, in terms of doing that as an artist. And then, you know, when I started doing the bluegrass band that happened because I moved back home, um, when I left Montreal and, uh, and start when I was doing the Stone Sparrow. So Sam Balson, he was the the other singer in the band. Um, 
we started out just as friends. We, he was in, in my hometown. We would go to the same open mic every Monday. That was like the party in our town was the open mic. And I would see him play and he would see me play. And he was just like crazy talented, this wicked guitar player, great singer, great songwriter. And so we started hanging out and just like jamming together. And then we started writing songs together, which then turned into dating. And, you know, and then we started the band and, you know, he grew up on bluegrass. And so it was kind of a new thing for me. Like I'd never really dug that deep into bluegrass. And I just like, I fell in love with the harmonies, like the big stacked harmonies and the instrumentation, you know, that I love banjo and I love fiddle and I love steel. And like, you know, I think that was what drew me sort of into country music was the instrumentation. And I also loved, I think the songwriting, I think it filled something in me that I wasn't getting in other genres. This, this way of like storytelling and this very like real everyday shit, authentic type of writing, you know? And, yeah. and, and I love the idea of telling a story in the yeah, song. Well, like in you jazz know? music and everything, jazz R&D, it's, it's much less about the lyrics as it is about the track around it. Yeah. Melody so, and phrasing yeah, and all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. But then going into, you know, country, it's literally about the story, about the song. It's yeah, absolutely. Realm. And I mean, also it, it kind of, it also fit like my raising. I mean, I grew yeah. up very country, <laughs> you know, I grew yeah. up in a very rural place. And I mean, everybody I hung out with listened to country music growing up, you know? And so, I, I mean, I was around it. I never truly, I never really got into like more modern country until I was like in my twenties. I always really loved the like really old stuff. I loved Hank and I loved Loretta and Waylon and Merle and that kind of stuff. Never got into like more of the like nineties 2000s like kind of stuff mm-hmm. until I was a little bit older and I think a big part of that for me was we as the the bluegrass band the stone sparrows when boots and hearts first started which is a huge festival right. in, in Canada the first year they did that um it was in my hometown it was like in Bowmanville basically in the Mossport racetrack which is like you know 15 minutes from where I grew up and so we got asked to play that festival as part of the um what's it called uh emerging artist showcase I think they called it And so that was kind of like my first exposure to not only, not so much to the music, but to the audience and to the fan base of country music. And I just loved the vibe of that festival. I loved all the artists I saw play were amazing. And like the fans were amazing and the vibe of it was amazing. And I was like, these are my people. Like these are the fans that I want to sing to. These are the people that are going to understand and appreciate what I have to say and how I want to say it. And, you know, with the Stone Sparrows, like it kind of got to a point like the other guys in the band had other things that they were doing. You know, they had plan B's or other jobs or whatever. And for me, like this was it. Like I didn't have a plan B. I didn't have like other things. Like I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be a songwriter. And so it kind of got to a point where I think I just naturally progressed into writing more like mainstream country kind of stuff as opposed to the bluegrass stuff was a little which is a little more niche and bluegrass is very niche it's it's hard to like make a career as a bluegrass artist you know unless you're like you know Vince Gill or Allison Krauss or you know whatever it's like it's a tough thing because there's not really like a radio format for it other than like you know there's a serious station but 
So I just naturally started progressing towards more country. And the other guys in the band, two of them ended up going and like starting their own brewery. And like Sam, Sam was a a pipe fitter. So like he had a really well-paying job and like, you know, benefits and all that stuff. So we kind of, we decided to go our separate ways, very like amicably. We, you know, we're all still like friends and stuff. And I, then it was like, kind of like, almost like, okay, I'm square one now. Like now I have to figure out who, Megan Patrick is because I'd never been like a solo artist. I'd always played in bands where I was just part of the band. And so I had to figure out who I was as an artist. And when I started writing stuff by myself and writing songs for me where I wasn't like, okay, I need to write it this way because that's how the rest of the band would want it. Or, you know what I mean? Like suddenly it was just me saying whatever I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it. And that's what led me to country music. That's just what came out of me naturally, you know? And that's when I realized like, this is it, this is home for me. And I still love those other you know, genres of music. I appreciate them. I would still go and sing them and maybe one day I'll do a side project and, you know, have some fun with it. I love metal music. My goal is one day to make like an eighties, like hair metal band yes. project. That's, you know, when you see her, that's what she <laughs> thinks. Incredible. That, that's so, fantastic. Well, like, you know how like Dirk Bentley did his like, he did uh, a bluegrass uh, thing. Up on the mountain. Yeah, yeah. He did the, yeah. that bluegrass record, which is to me, one of the most like underrated albums ever. I love that Rage. record. Yeah. I would, love to do that but i'm gonna do like an 80s like hair metal record that's what i'm gonna do one day ever heard of steel panther uh literally was gonna say female version of steel panther (laughs) that's what i'm trying to do yes i love that you know steel panther let me tell you a little something about steel panther (laughs) let me tell you a little something about steel panther so me me and my band are obsessed with steel panther and when we've had like there's been you know anytime we've been like leaving a show and it's late at night and we like need to stay awake and make a long drive steel panther is the go-to crank to 11 like that it's our whole band yelling (laughs) i'm gonna be that guy i'm gonna be that guy I have no idea. I have no oh idea. Oh my gosh, Marcus, Oh, Marcus. You need Marcus. to listen. I literally I will my, my friend in a rabbit hole of add them to your list. videos. Okay. Uh, if you incredible. want to be like Tiger Woods, then you're going to give it to <laughs> Oh my it. God. Like, legitimately, these songs, oh my God. Brilliant. Community property. Brilliant. Community property. Oh, oh yeah. It's, it's, Fantastic. It's a beautiful love song, you know, just, you know, and then it, and then it, switches and he talks about how you know my heart is yours but <laughs> my, my junk my big community my community pro- property <laughs> and I need, so to romantic. To, I need to listen you to this <laughs> it's fantastic to listen did we just become best friends I think oh, you guys did we absolutely did, <laughs> like, did are we gonna go are we said- gonna go do karate in the garage <laughs> I think we just became best friends <laughs> we really did and you know what we're gonna go do karate at a freaking steel panther show oh my up, god yes Once this you know what over, that is the content oh. people need that is the content people need really us is. doing karate at a steel panther you, concert you wanna go YouTube virus what you do oh, yes and it will fit and people will look at us and be like yep that makes sense oh, like wow. it's no honestly absolutely Marcus, I cannot believe you haven't I can't either. I've never even heard Incredible. of them. Never even okay, heard of them. I'm going to send you wow. some links. My yep. favorite My favorite is is Tiger Woods. It's literally just about like. So good. You to be like Tiger Woods, you do this thing and just cheat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh God! Speaking of Tiger Woods, oh, God. I mean, I would just like to play golf like Tiger Woods. The right? rest of it, you know, yes. I got I got a good man, but I mean, I would like to play golf like Tiger Woods for sure. That, uh, yeah. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> I feel like I'm out of the conversation oh, now. You guys, just, uh, you, you guys just, this this is a great thing. You guys a, a new friendship has just been made. And all Absolutely, Steel Panther, and we Absolutely. appreciate it. So, well, um, oh yeah, go ahead. Good, no, go ahead. Oh, I I was just kind of going going a little bit down the line, and then go, I realized go. that that we're almost out of we're almost out of questions. <laughs> we're, but, we're almost out of questions. But I'm but I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Um, you have wallet as me. Because I, I sent you, I think I sent you a video or, or a screenshot or a picture one time of my friend from Kentucky who I used to, I used to work with here at Losers and Winners. Nice. Uh, got in my car one day and goes, turn this on. I need you to turn this on. Like, takes my Bluetooth off my phone. <laughs> so now, like, I had, like, I didn't have my head, my, my headphone. So I'm like, Great. So if my phone rings, I can't answer my phone. Yeah. Plugs up, puts his phone on there and starts playing the song. And I'm like, I know this person. <laughs> no way. Hilarious. And so he's like, you know, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to screenshot. We homies. I'm like, we homies. <laughs> yeah. And so he's like, yeah. Then he goes, it's Mitchell's girlfriend. I'm like, I know Megan Patrick. <laughs> I know, dude. I'm like, I know. It was wild as me. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Which I believe, didn't you write that about Mitchell or he was the inspiration? So cute. I sure did. Oh, yeah. So cute. And he play. so he's play. every time he's in my car, he plays a damn song. I love that. And I love you. So I love you. him. I love you. Yeah. I do. But I will. I, <laughs> you have to hear that song one more time. <laughs> I have to hear that damn song one more time. It's like I, when I told, uh, <laughs> I told Jimmy, Jimmy Allen, I said, if I have to hear best shot one more fucking time. <laughs> I'm going to drive straight to your place and drop the person off that's in my car. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they would love that. Oh, they probably would. Yeah. He wouldn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's hilarious. I also, talking about your song, so I was just kind of like, you know, doing a little research, and I saw here that you did a song um, with Teddy Robb called yes. Really Shouldn't Drink Around You. Funny story. I did the background vocals on that song. Shut up. No, I actually no way. I I was like, wait, I sang on a song that was called that, and yep, I'm I did all the background vocals on that. (laughs) That's amazing. They were they were great. They were great. Thanks. I do. I do a lot of stuff with Teddy, and so when I saw that, I was like, oh my god, because I knew he had done it with. I I I didn't. I don't even think I knew the name of the the person who was like yeah singing it with him. So when I saw that, I was like, oh my god, it's Megan and yeah. Hilarious! So that, I love that song, and I love Teddy. Man, he's great. awesome. I love Teddy. I love Teddy. He's such a sweetheart. And he is being able to sing on his stuff has been really cool. So yeah, so that's there awesome. we have like a connection there. Yeah, I'm love saying, that. I'm saying on your so show. you guys really, really did become best friends. No, we really are best did. friends now. Yeah, uh, I'm completely out of this whole. We're bonded for completely. Life. I'm just going to drink my tequila and just be quiet <laughs> now. And... So, uh, so what is next for Megan? What What do we got um, right now? Well, I've been, like I said, I've been writing like crazy. So we are going to have new music coming soon. Um, Very soon. I just, it's been kind of hard with the quarantine and everything. Like it just messed up like our whole schedule. Um, So we, we had planned to go to radio here in the U S 
So I've, I'm signing with Riser House uh, in America. Awesome. They're going to be my American label. They're yeah. amazing. Um, and so we had planned, I was supposed to come off the Old Dominion tour in Canada earlier this year and go right into radio tour. And then we were planning to go to radio like now pretty much like kind of wow. beginning of summer. Um, and then obviously everything, cause I was supposed to come off radio tour, go into the studio, cut the new music. However, the silver lining is that the single that we are going to be going to radio with here is actually something I wrote during quarantine. So, you know, cool. maybe, maybe it'll happen for a reason. Maybe That's the song we would have gone with wasn't the song and this one's going to be the song. I love this song. I'm very excited about it. Yay. Um, so yeah, we just, we're actually, I just got a text from my uh, producer We're they're getting mastered as we speak. So, um, and I think we probably, so we only cut two in the last round. Um, but I think I'm, our plan is to go back in and cut some more, maybe like August, September. So we haven't figured out, I don't know if we're going to do like another EP or like a full length or what we're, how we're going to release it, but we yeah. will have new music before the end of the year. It's just kind of, we're just trying to navigate this whole virus thing and like the yeah. best way to do it and promote it and go to radio and all that stuff. So it's a little absolutely. complicated, but yeah. Don't let, uh, don't let the quarantine stop from doing a radio tour. No, absolutely Don't let it. Well, I think, I think now. what we're, yeah, I mean, I think what we're going to have to do is, you know, that we're going to be doing a lot of Zoom stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which I mean, Truthfully, on my part, is kind of like, okay, that's nice that I don't have to, like, drag myself all over the country. I mean, radio tours are exhausting. Like, it's it's a lot. So, um, you know, I don't have to do all that travel, which also saves us a lot of money, which is great. But, um, you know, part of me also is a little bit concerned like you know am I going to be able to connect with these people at radio as well over zoom in the same way you know we're not gonna be able to like go out for drinks and you know get the steak dinner and whatever like all the stuff that you would normally do um so I'm hoping I'm hoping that the the zoom stuff is gonna be as effective as we hope and I'm also hoping that you know I mean I really this is one of my favorite songs I've ever written and I think it is just so unapologetically me it's authentic to me it's real it's country music um you know and i think like i'm hoping that the song is is going to speak volumes for me as well and i think the good thing is too you know as much as even though i've most of my career so far has been in canada um you know, I'm, I'm not completely unknown to America, you know, and even yeah. some of the radio people, you know, I've been able to create some relationships with them, you know, just over the last six months to a year, like through Mitchell or just through like festivals or different shows. So I have been able to meet some of these people a little bit already. Um, so yeah, it's just, it was a tough decision because it's like, you kind of get one shot to break here, yeah. you know, trying to break as a new artist in America is very, very hard. And, um, you know, it's, and especially right now too. I mean, I know that like radio is, is not playing a lot of new artists. They're wanting recurrent and they're playing a lot of, a lot of older stuff. And so, you know, they, it's been hard for them to play new artists. So it was like kind of this thing. It's like, well, what do we do? Are we going to wait like another till like next year? Are we going to go? And I said, I think we just need to go. I think if the music is great, it's, it's going to, it's going to push through and it's going to reach the people. And like, I, my fans need new music, you know, it's, it's, it's been a while since I put out my last project. We're already behind on when we were going to put new music out. So, you know, I think we're, I was like, at some point we've just got to pull the trigger. And if we feel confident about the music, then I think we just got to do it. So hopefully, hopefully it's going to, it's going to work because I mean, I'm just, 
I'm, I'm ready to like take this to the next level. I'm, I'm ready to come to America and share my music here and meet my American fans and, you know, build an even stronger fan base. And of course, like Canada, I will always love Canada. I will always tour Canada. I will always go back there. Um, but I mean, who doesn't want to be, who doesn't want to have it all, you know, and that's, that's where I'm at. You know, there's a huge, huge market for country music in America. And I I want that too. You know, I want, I want to play stadiums and arenas and I want to have as many fans as I can get. I want to reach as many people as I can. Um, and that's the biggest thing for me. I mean, radio is obviously a huge part of it, but for me, the, the true like fulfillment comes from a sold out show. And seeing a big audience singing your songs and having a good time and partying like that's that's where I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's awesome. Yeah. So that's that's our plan right now. We don't have any dates yet. All I can say is soon. It's just there's a lot of moving pieces we're trying to figure out. And it's tough, too, because, you know, with the Canadian radio versus American radio, the charts move very differently. Canadian charts move much quicker than in the U.S., so it's also a matter of trying to figure out, you know, how do we try and at least line up America and Canada, at least for this first single? Because, yeah. I mean, once we go to radio in America, that single is going to take probably twice as long in America as it will in Canada. So we will get sort of off kilter at some point. But it's, you know, with social media and everything, it's it could be a little confusing with the messaging and the branding and right. promoting certain things if you're kind of like working two different songs. So it's going to be a little bit of like a a weird, like kind of awkward growing pain sort of phase, I think at first while we try and do this, but eventually, you know, we'll, we'll get it all figured out. But thankfully I have two amazing teams who work very well together. We all have the same goal, which is to take this and make it as big as we can and, and succeed. So, you know, I've got a lot of great people who've got my back and, and want the best for me. So, um, I'm really excited. Hell yeah! I, I am. I'm excited to hear it. I'm. A, I, I'm excited. Might be able to send you a little, little Maybe sneak peek. Maybe a little sneak peek. Maybe a little sneaky peek. A little sneaky peek. No, I'm excited. This has been fucking phenomenal. Yeah. This. Thank you so, so much for having me, and, and thank you for being willing to talk about the difficult stuff. And Absolutely, stuff I think that, um, we have to. It's not pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nobody who wants to hear who wants to hear some like interview where you are just like saying something that like your publicist told you to say and it's not real and it's like boring. My what I try and do for my fans is be as real and honest and authentic as I can be and and open myself up to them about who I am. And, you know, so that they can relate to me and so that they know. I mean, I'm we got different jobs, but I'm, I live the same. I grew up the same way. A lot of them did. We, we have the same morals, the same feelings, the same ideas, you know, and I want them to feel like, yes, they can come see me on, you know, up on stage doing a show where I'm Megan Patrick, a country singer, but I also want you to feel like you could walk up to me and we could drink a beer and hang out, you know? And, and I want you to be able to feel like you can relate to me on that level. And so, I have to be honest about the good and the bad, the nitty gritty stuff, because, you know, that's, I feel like I owe that to my fans, you know, to give them something real. So you need to be tangible. I think that's Mm -hmm. something that I've talked about with so many people is that. And that's what country music is. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's what I loved about country music. You know, you look at like, and I'm not saying anything against it, but like, you know, you like pop stars are like untouchable, you know, they're this like big, you know, untouchable intangible like entity you know and they're just like these big stars and stuff and it's like what i loved about country music is like the accessibility and and it's and it's true i mean 
it, it's rare that I meet somebody in country music that isn't just a super humble, down to earth, everyday, you know, normal person that you want to hang out with. And I think that's what the fans love about it too. Definitely. Yep. Thank you for adding to that in our community, especially as a woman. I love to see that. I cannot wait to see Roddy <laughs> at a Steel Panther concert with you. Let's go. This, this is, is going to be crazy, Kyle. It's going to be amazing, Marcus. You're, you're more than welcome to come, but I think you might be a little uncomfortable. I'm a, no, I'm not. <laughs> I will only come just to, just to do the filming. There yes, we go. Yes, yes. There we go. Well, Megan, Perfect. this has been so much fun. Good luck with everything. And, Thank you so much. Um, I can't wait for the people to hear what you have to say. Make sure you follow her on Meg Patrick Music on everything. 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 She's a badass. You will not regret that. Hell Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you guys. Thank you, this is fun. Hell yeah. yeah.